passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mic, and this is Drive-By. Not, not for nothing. AJ, you can disagree with me if you want, buddy, if you're listening, but it can be assault to throw a drink in someone's face. This literally could be a felony in some states. I looked it up. Uh, so if you're going to assault a child on public television or pay-per-view or whatever, it should probably be part of the show instead of an actual audience member. That was my opinion on it. Like, you got to be smart because... Tony has a lot of money, and people nowadays sue for literally anything, and that right there is something that could actually be sued over. And I understand, I this is I like MJF. He's one of the few guys I pay attention to still in AEW. He's probably my favorite in AEW. But that doesn't excuse a poor choice, right? Like, you can't... Like, I can't believe that people were even defending that in this day and age when everyone gets butthurt over everything. See, my thought on this, Mike, was, and I saw people that said, oh, my son would wear that as a badge of honor. And, and that's awesome for your son. My son would never go to wrestling again, Mike. Like, my son is, my oldest is seven, and he likes, he doesn't love wrestling, but he likes wrestling, right? Yeah. He likes to, he like, you know, I've taken him to a couple shows. He he loves the live shows. Okay. My son is one of the nicest, oldest sold seven year olds you'll ever want to meet. Like, of course he's a kid. He can be a kid. He can be a little brat sometimes, right? But like he's the kind of kid who his little brother was throwing a fit one day in the back of the car over a sticker and then he stops throwing a fit and my wife looks in the rearview mirror and my oldest has, he's not crying, but he's got tears going down his face. And she's like, what's wrong with you now? And he's like, I gave him the sticker so he calmed down, but I just really wanted that sticker. But he knew it would help the situation, right? Like, he's also a kid that has to be perfect and takes everything at heart. I can't joke around with my son because it hurts his feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, if that was my son... He would have been heartbroken. He would hate wrestling and he would never want to go back because he would have took it personally. He wouldn't have cared about the character. He thinks these people are who they are, right? Like, so how do you explain? And I don't want to, I'm not taking that away from him, right? Like, I actively avoid telling him, like, that it's fake or that it's scripted, right? Because that's the magic part of it. I want him to find that out on his own, you know? Right. So, like, one day he's going to be like, Dad, Kids at school. They say the wrestling's fake. Is it true, Dad? <laughs> You're gonna have to sit him down and be like, "Well, bud, there's a difference between fake and scripted." Exactly. Exactly. That's the exact response. So I t- I looked at it from that point where, like MJF, again, assuming these weren't plants, which is what is being reported. Doesn't know this child, doesn't know this mother, doesn't know backstory. Is this child, you know, 
a normal child? Does he have autism? Like anything, right? And threw a drink, possibly liquor, into his person. I'll, I'll say person, whatever. So, like, to me, like, if that was me in that crowd, I might have been taken down by security because I would have been that mad, right? Like, because that's your kid. And AJ can say privately in our group chat that I'm going to say to our podcast that he would be okay with it. I, I don't think he would. I don't think he's actually thinking. I think he's thinking more of, like, a fan of wrestling and MJF rather than the father side. And I think if he really had it happen, a different thing would come to play. I could be wrong. I mean, is it not something that they should think about more when they're doing things like this in the crowd, Mike? Okay. I mean, you come from a whole different world with hardcore wrestling. But again... I am so torn on this because... I, like, right, like, I'm not a parent, man. I'm not, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the best I can personally, uh, I guess, compare this to is my niece and nephew. Let's set my niece mm-hmm. off to the side, right, you know? Take my nephew. My nephew's only four, right? Um, mm-hmm. Real deal, if a motherfucker threw any kind of liquid on my four-year-old nephew... I'm about to be famous for getting beat the fuck up by MJF. Because you right. are fucking getting away with this, bro. Uh, you, you're catching a fist to your fucking nose. And then what comes to on me after that comes on me. That's fine. But, bro, please believe you are not getting away with throwing water on my four-year-old nephew. Right? Right. All right. Now, now, with that said, my nephew's 10 years old. And we're at a wrestling show, and you throw something on him? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Because by the age of 10, I'm going to have that kid taught that what just happened to you, bud, was some awesome, awesome shit. And you're now a little bit of a fucking celebrity. (laughs) So, I'm a little torn, because I think that there is... I think you're correct, right? Your son's seven, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone threw water on my fucking nephew at seven. Please believe you're catching a fist in the nose. What happens to me after that happens? But what I am going to say is that there is an age, right? Mm -hmm. There is is an age. And I think that age is roughly about 10. Where, like, if you're a wrestling fan at 10 years old, man, and your fucking parent has you at a fucking wrestling show, obviously your parents are fucking wrestling. You failed. As the parent. Okay? If your son doesn't know why it was fucking awesome what just happened to him, you fucking failed as a wrestling parent. You failed. You raised a soft-ass wrestling kid. I'm sorry, but when I was eight years old, fucking wrestler would have thrown something on me. I'd have lost my goddamn mind in fucking enjoyment. Are you, are we, is this really fucking, this is goddamn pro wrestling. Are we kidding Mm -hmm. right now? Are we serious, Mike? When you and I were fucking kids, you you fucking went to a wrestling show. You saw fucking titties. You saw fucking blood. You probably were going to get blood on you. You might have got sprayed with fucking beer. Like, are we fucking kidding right now? Like, really? Like, we're all fucking 40-year-old grown-ass adult fucking wrestling parents. 
pair adjacent in my case who knows how this shit works, knows how it shit works, knows that we should be teaching our kids how this shit works, and we're all going to be mad about it. Like, come on, man. What the fuck happened to us? I mean, really? What the fuck happened to us? Come on. Come on, man. There was a time we'd have seen a motherfucker get some fucking beer thrown on him by Steve Austin, and we'd have been like, I'm so fucking jealous. Oh, man. What the fuck happened? What the fuck happened to us? And I'm not saying we should be applauding a child having tequila thrown on him, right? Not Mm -hmm. saying that, man. Not saying that. Because there are fucking limits to things, okay? But let's take tequila off the board. Water. Water just got thrown on this kid. Nah, man. Fuck. Fuck. I'm sorry. If you're the parent and you got fucking mad about the greatest heel in modern fucking wrestling. Are you serious? The greatest heel we've seen. This would be like getting upset if Randy Orton was a dickhead to your child in 2006. Oh, wow. I'm mad that the greatest heel in the last 20 years was a shitty heel to my fucking kid. No, man. Like, get like we all need to chill the fuck out with this because we got soft. We got fucking soft as wrestling fans. I'm sorry, man. But, like, I'm sorry. But when I was eight years old, if fucking Ric Flair would have flicked me in the fucking nose, I'd have lost my fucking mind. If Mr. Perfect would have thrown his fucking gum on me, I'd have been in fucking heaven. Are you like, we got fucking soft, man. We got fucking soft as wrestling fans. And we turned our fucking children into a bunch of soft ass wrestling fans that don't even understand how the fucking industry works. Don't even understand that what happened to him was a good thing. Like, I'm sorry, man. And again, I want to say there's an age. There's an age limit to things, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. how. Well, and that's the other thing. I don't know how old that child was. Right. Or MJF did not know how old that child was. So that's, again, the fine line. And that's why, you know, if he had done that to a dude in the crowd, like an adult man, I'd have probably laughed my ass off, right? What if that kid was obviously a teenager? And it would be different, I think. Right. But again, I want to know other problem is. Does anybody put out at all? I've heard, I've heard eight, I've heard ten, I've heard, I don't know. Okay, I've so heard here's different. the deal. Here's the deal. If he's eight, right on, buddy. I feel bad for you. I get it, champ. If he's ten, <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. You raised the bitch ass wrestling fan. You got a bitch ass <laughs> wrestling fan on your hands, and you probably also got a bitch ass wrestling fan husband. Okay, like you got you you raised the bitch ass wrestling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't get over this. Because, like, and, you know, I did agree with you. I did. I agreed with you and AJ both. I thought you were both right, right? It was both. You're both correct. Um, But the more I, like, think about it, the more I'm like, who the fuck is sitting ringside with their child and their child doesn't understand? Like, are you I've seen four-year-old girls at fucking deathmatch shows in the front row <laughs> wearing fucking goggles and smocks. And fucking full, they look like goddamn CSI fucking people wearing the full fucking like protective coverings and fucking goggles and face masks. Four year old girl sitting there screaming, cheering and yelling and shit like blood, blood, blood. Like, okay, so like, 
And yeah, okay, that Mark, might be borderline obvious, Mike. Because I take part in some white trash wrestling activities, and white trash don't understand age-appropriate places for fucking children. But like, I'm sorry if I can watch a dude bring his whole fucking family, three children in the front row, all sitting in fucking head-to-toe fucking CSI gear, youngest one, four-year-old, four years old, and they understand deathmatch wrestling. They get what is they understand deathmatch wrestling. There's so many more complexities to the fakeness of deathmatch wrestling. And these fucking children get it and sit front row and don't fucking cry and scream. And this fucking kid can't get some fucking liquid thrown on him by the greatest heel in modern wrestling. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you because you I fail mean, as a fucking wrestling parent. And you know, Mike, I'm the real what? deal. Real deal. If by age 10, your son doesn't have it figured out, you fucking failed too. <laughs> Oh, I'll also say the other problem is if it was actually tequila, that's a whole different thing. Okay, um, and if it was tequila, man, bro, you fucked up, okay? If it was tequila, <laughs> if it was tequila, you fucked up, all right? Like, you can't just throw liquor on a child. You can't. <laughs> And I will, I I'll, stand, I'll stand by you on that one. But as for the rest of it, like, I think the safe argument is just don't do shit to kids in the audience. But, you know, I mean, willingly do shit like accidents happen. That that shit is a whole different. Story. I'm not even saying uh, that, man. I'm not saying I'm not even saying that. I am saying. Make sure you know what the fuck you're throwing. Um, well, Clearly. Because, because look, like, here's the thing, man. This kid got taken backstage. Mm-hmm. He got to meet his favorite wrestler, Powerhouse Hobbs. Fucking Amanda Huber sat with him uh, and came and talked to him. So he met Brody's wife. Uh, she's the one who took him backstage. So he probably hung out with the kid a little bit. He got to go to fucking Dynamite this week and go backstage and meet more people. Here's the deal, man. In fucking four years, this is going to be an amazing memory for this kid. Oh, I don't disagree Like, he's going to look back on this and be like, fuck, man, I was the kid MJF threw fucking tequila on. How fucking awesome is that? So, like, <laughs> so like on top of that, guys, he's got an amazing memory. A memory that is literally going to become an amazing memory for him once he figures out wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to become an amazing memory for him. And, and it's like, everybody, quit being such pussies. What happened to us? Really? <laughs> Mike, we all got old. Let's, uh, you want to talk about uh, Mox and Hangman? Um, I just briefly want to say, this was a really good fucking match, man. A really good fucking match that I had hoped was going to close this feud out. <laughs> well, one of the two happened. It was a good match. Feud yeah. continuing? Question mark? Yes? It looks that way after Dynamite. <laughs> Um, I, I know that you're... See, this is another complaint I have with AEW. Guys, you don't 
Texas death match in the middle of the feud. Well, I was just going to say, I know that you're a, you Texas uh, a death, death match, match guy. At the end. Okay, and it's like, look, I'm a death match guy in death match settings, right? Right. Um, and I have been hesitantly optimistic about AEW's death matches that they do. I don't think they're death matches. I think they're uh, extreme hardcore. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it just it just doesn't make sense to book the death match in the middle, right? You know, like you finish with you finish with Hell in a Cell. You know, like you used to back. Right. You used to back in the day. Now it's just what the fuck ever back in the day you used to finish with hell in the cell you used to finish with the cage match uh you know and fucking like ecw like it was you finished with there's an escalation it's just weird to me that we're now the texas death match in the middle of the feud well, okay well what the fuck's next like <laughs> like okay well what's next guy like i i don't get it but yeah, it was a great match that I really hoped I was going to end this feud and did not. But it put uh, <laughs> the hangman on like a. I think it did a good job of stepping him up into like a believable upper echelon babyface. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with that one. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. Step back onto the road to WrestleMania. Hang tight. We will be right back. Ever wondered what it's like to have an argument with yourself? Well, this right here, pretty close to that. This is Drive-By. Mike, last week we were talking about the, uh, you know, as we recorded, we were on the day of the first televised meeting face-to-face of Roman Reigns, our Universal Undisputed WWE Champion, Cody Rhodes, the winner of the Royal Rumble. Also, Dusty Rhodes' son, in case you forgot. Uh, on SmackDown. And, i got to say, it did not disappoint. They are building this feud with good, to-the-point promos. Like I said, with the first meeting happening just last week. Uh... Cody getting involved in certain ways, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But with this promo on SmackDown, we just basically had Roman Reigns reaffirm what Paul Heyman had already said to uh, to Cody, right? And reaffirm the fact that your dad liked me more than he liked you. And I enjoyed the hell out of this promo segment, Mike. I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was um, a really good way to build emotional investment. Yep. And Cody, uh, I, it's funny because I used to fucking hate a Cody Rhodes promo. So um, you weren't on the panel? What's that? 
you were on the on the promo panels. <laughs> you tab. Yeah. Um. I I wasn't a fan of his promos, but um. His transition into WWE. Um. His promos have become less annoying by uh, by far and really he gives one of the best babyface promos that i've maybe ever heard and i mean like pure babyface promos mm-hmm. that, 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 that i've ever heard in my life and am i gonna say he's on par with his father fuck no i'm definitely not right mm-hmm. um uh, ending racism doesn't come close to fucking hard times, you know. <laughs> His father being maybe the best all time pure babyface promo, right? Uh, but what he's doing on the mic and has been the last year is, I think, almost being just taken for granted and ignored um pure pure baby face promo um no one does it like him there's just no one out there that can cut a pure baby face promo mox is a face oh yeah man he's more of like a tweener you know what i mean he doesn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. steve austin gave great promo man but he was never a face um there's something really special with the way he knows how to connect with a crowd um the way he knows how to use the tone and emotion in his voice mm-hmm. his pauses his facial expressions um don't sleep on this man take this in and appreciate what this guy does when he's on a microphone giving a baby face promo because you don't see it a lot anymore. It's a rare thing. It's rare that people want to give just a solid baby face promo anymore. You got to have an edge or some shit. He doesn't have an edge to him, man. Not at all. He's not trying to be edgy. This is pure cornball, white bread, baby face shit. And he's doing it at the highest degree I've seen maybe ever other than his father. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's it's working. I don't know if it's just And here's the deal. Everyone, every man, every man in the world Every man, and at least America, and at least American society, Western civilization, let's say, mm-hmm. even, every man has father issues, right? It doesn't matter how good your relationship with your dad is, sometimes that in and of itself can create issues, right? I have two dads, right. and I got issues with both of them. One, because he didn't love me. And the other one, I'm not going to say that. My real dad loved me. He just was a shitty dad didn't know how to be a fucking dad, right? So I've got issues because of that, right? My stepdad, who I call dad, 
is the greatest man I know, right? Aside from my grandfather. Uh, mm. I adore this man, and I know that he loves me and thinks of me as his own son, right? But mm. I also know that I'm never going to live up to him or who he is as a man, right? Mm. So that's what I mean by you could have an amazing relationship with your dad, but still have issues, right? Mm -hmm. And every man, yeah. in a way, has fucking father issues. It's just the reality of us, right? My brother has father issues with my dad in the same way that I do. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to be this type of man, you know? Like, how? Like, I'm never going to be as good as he is, right? Even though, like, that's not what he's asking of me. Um and Dusty Rhodes was never asking Cody Rhodes to be as good as Dusty Rhodes, right? You know what I mean? Right. So Cody's out there speaking as a man in a way that specifically really only men can understand. And I'm not saying women can't get it, but he's speaking about a very specific father-son dynamic yeah yeah and as men if you're not like invested in this this how do i live up to this ideal mm -hmm. uh how do i live up to this 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 man who doesn't even he's not even around anymore and i have to i have to represent him Still, like, and, and like this, is he proud? Would he have been proud? I know he's proud, but like, I, but like, do I know that? Like, I know he loved me and was proud of me, but like, do I know that? And like, if you as a man can't get fucking invested in this, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. There's something <laughs> internally wrong with you because we all, all of us have dad issues, right? And here's the thing, Mike, you have three kids. As best I can tell, Mike, you are an amazing father, right? An amazing I, I have my moments, fucking I father, right? <laughs> um, and I like to think that most of my friends, I'd like to think that all of my friends are great dads. But the reality is right. that that is not true, right? But, right. and I've never told you this personally, but I hold you in the highest esteem of all my friends who are dads. Well, thank um, you, sir. I know what you sacrifice on a daily basis for these three boys, right? Uh -huh. um, your three sons are going to have fucking tat issues because of you, man. Yeah. No, I, you're, you're spot on. It's a, it, it's it, a story. Like, go ahead. I say it's a story, like not even the Roman side of it. It's just the story of Cody like is a story that now granted dusty not everybody has a dad that you know achieved dustiness right but like it's a story that every man should be able to relate to and that's why i think why it's clicking so well i agree i agree it is such a good story that they're doing just because of that. Um, mm -hmm. And Roman, 
is the perfect villain for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially when you add in the I mean really kids aspect of it, right? Yes. Like right, like now that we've got the Sami Zayn of it all out of the way, this is so much better of a story for WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Yep. Um Yeah, I don't have much more to say about it. I just they found a way to like tell a story that let's be real like 75% of their audience is going to be able to like immediately self-identify with yeah yeah 100% and continuing the story we have on Raw the the bloodline and that drama with Sami Zayn so we're still keeping him around right we're still telling the Sami Zayn story he's just not in the title picture but that's okay because it's working and you have the Jay side of this where Jay still hasn't come back to the bloodline after everything. And I'm not going to go break it down for all you guys watching damn shows. Uh, Roman basically has Paul tell Jimmy, like you got to get Jay back here by next Friday, which is tonight as we record tomorrow. When you listen, uh, it already happened. Uh, that if you don't, I'm not going to blame Sammy. I'm not going to blame Solo. I'm not going to blame Paul. I'm going to blame you, Jimmy. Like, so the story continues to roll. We have Sammy still trying to reconcile with KO to get him to help him take the bloodline out. KO fights uh, Solo on Raw and... Sammy ends up having to come out and help him, and Kale walks off. The little nuances of the story, Mike, because later on in the show, there's a segment, uh, and I'm blanking on who was in the back talking. It doesn't matter. In the background, you could see dimly lit in the shadows a post-match KO getting a talking or advice or trying to be persuaded by our Babyface challenger, Cody Rose. Just the little things, right? You know, and clearly you probably have to be under the assumption, like, Cody's talking to him about Sammy, right? He's talking about the bloodline. He's talking about why they need to be friends and they need to help, you know, he needs to help his buddy out, blah, blah, blah. And the main event of Raw was Sammy versus Jimmy. And during the match, here comes Jay. And he comes walking down the in through the crowd again and they do an amazing job with this where he <clears throat> comes to Jimmy and says something to him and walks out and comes to Sammy and basically looks like he's I'm your dog Sammy like here we are they throw the ones up Sammy's yelling Jimmy it's still not too late still not too late and then Jay super kicks Sammy. Says this is family shit. Dude, it was fucking epic. Uh, the full, the full, I'm going to say exile of Sammy now because Jay's no longer on his side either. He's chosen the bloodline. And as they all start to beat up Sammy, all I mean the Usos and Solo Sokoa, none other than Cody Rose runs out to make the save, Mike. It was fucking perfection when it comes to pro wrestling tv 
I thought it was a really good end of Raw. Um, yes, yes. And it, like... That was, like, a 90s end to Raw, Mike. That was, like, Attitude Era. Like, oh, my yes, God, now I'm going to watch SmackDown, because, right? Because he ran out for the save, and they fucking just cut to the end, right? They just... Yeah. Right? Like, the show just ends, right? Like, yeah. I, yep. like, I'm sitting here watching it, like, oh, fuck. All right, what's about to happen? Show fucking ends. Show fucking ends. Yep. Uh, it yep. was, and I, and like, and like, there was like for like a half second, I was pissed. And then I was like, oh, you motherfuckers got me just like when I was 16. Shit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I love when y'all exactly. fucking do this shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Leave me fucking hot for next week's episode. Yes, son. You know, exactly. I'm turning in at fuck tuning in at eight o'clock tonight. You got me. You motherfuckers. Yep. This is what you should do every week. I loved it. I fucking loved it. Leave me fucking hanging. Cut me off right yep. as the fucking NWO stings dropping from the rafters. Oh, what? Now it's that shitty Mortal Kombat show? Oh, you sons of bitches, you got me. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, shit, the glass just broke? Oh, fuck, it's that weird new ground show that played fucking new metal band shows that came on after Raw. Uh, do you remember that show? I don't. You don't remember I, the show? I, it came on directly after Raw when we were in high school. It was like, I think, I want to say it was like my senior year. It's like okay. 99, 2000, right? It was a show, came on right after Raw, and new metal bands played live on it. Oh, yes, I do. Re I know, know what it was it called, was but I vaguely remember what the first time I'd ever heard Disturbed about. was on okay. that show. And all my friends were like, Yo, that band was awesome, weren't they? And I was like, yeah, that was pretty all right. Yeah, okay. And then the CD came out and all my friends bought it. I didn't buy it. I was hesitant. All my friends bought it and I listened to it with all my friends and was like, nope, no, nope. Don't care for this. No, sir. This isn't for me. This is, wait a minute. Is that a cover of Shout? Shout, let it all out. Okay. Oh, no, no. The rest of this is not for me. Um, <laughs> this guy talking to his mom right now. This dude's his mom sounds like a real bitch. Mom says a real fucking bitch. A real. We already bitch. talked about daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, it felt like fucking episode of '90s wrestling. I was just so excited. I was like, "This is what you're supposed to do. Leave me wanting more. Come See, you on." You thought it. You thought of that. I when it went off, I was just waiting for Silk Stockings to start, man. <laughs> Silk Stockings, where you're like, oh, all right, the opening credits of Silk Stockings, reaching into your <laughs> pants, like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, you're like, oh man, there's gonna be a dirty sex scene coming up at the beginning of this, uh, where a girl uh, simulates shitty sex while wearing lingerie. <laughs> the softest of softcore right? television porn. That's all I need. <laughs> but I guess to to bring the point home, they like didn't they're... they didn't play they didn't play the sunny swimsuit calendar commercial. So this is what it's gonna have to be tonight. Because because kids that sunny in the nineties that oh boy in the nineties you had to jerk off to whatever you could. Uh -huh. porn, porn wasn't just always around on this thing on your phone. Like, porn was like 
porn was like finding a bar of gold. Yep. Like it literally yep. was, and it was worth a bar of gold as well, by the way. I traded a VHS tape of porn one time for like an eighth of weed, four CDs. Like, uh, it was crazy. This dude like gave me the world for like literally an hour and a half of porn. Like, this shit was nuts, kids. It was nuts. You just couldn't find this shit anywhere. You had to jerk off to magazines. It was weird. Magazines. That's right. I know. It's crazy. Uh, but, like, so, like, and that's if you could even get a fucking magazine, man. Like, a best, maybe you had a friend whose dad had a stack of Playboys you could fucking steal one without someone noticing. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, um, but your mom is going to find it when she cleans your room on a fucking Saturday while you were over at fucking Dave's playing basketball. And then you come home and it's sitting on the fucking dining room table. She's like, you want to explain this? And it's like, and it's like, really? Like, like, bitch, you know, the explanation is I'd be jerking off. Come on. Like, don't make me, don't be weird. You want, you want to explain this? Do you want me to explain it? Do you? Because we both know the explanation why we got to be weird about it. Just put it back where you found it. Because now I got to go steal another one for fucking uh, Isaac's dad. Uh, so, yeah, man. So, like, yeah. You'd be jerking off to, like, you know, softcore TV. <laughs> Flipping the channel real quick between the page. Try to see if you can get a nipple show up every now and oh, again. Oh, man. Yeah. That. Free HBO weekends. You remember those? Oh. Oh Those man, my mom would be like, it's free HBO weekend. I'd be like, I'm going to beat the shit out of my dick this weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, I got to stay. I got to immediately get in the TV. I'm going to take a nap. Immediately getting in the TV guide, looking at HBO. HBO, what's coming on HBO at midnight? Oh, Hopefully there's a real well. sex on. Fuck yes, followed by taxi cab. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, stroke off the people talking about blowing a dude in the cab. Yeah, <laughs> and real sex yeah. wasn't even good like jerk off shit. Real sex was always like, "Here's a commune of nudist sixty year old women," and you're like, "Fuck, this will do, I guess." Uh, <laughs> hey, you got like you said, and then, you like, gotta make see, Yeah, man, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm so fucking disgusting." Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm so gross. Fuck. Jesus hates me. Uh, which I can't imagine how kids feel now because you have access to everything, right? Everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you could literally be 13 and jerk off to a dude fucking a sheep or something, man. Access to every kind of weird porno. Like, holy fuck, imagine that. Like, imagine how bad you felt jerking off to the weird shit on real sex. Like, imagine as a kid now who just stumbles across something and is like, oh, fuck, because you know your penis works just sometimes even though you don't want it to. And then you're like, fuck, what's wrong with me? I fell down the black hole of the internet, and now I'm fucking per forever. Fuck, man, I'm so oh. glad kids. Yeah, now that you say that, that's that's actually kind of concerning. Yeah, man, like real deal, bro. I don't think you're gonna be able to let your kids have devices. <laughs> I'm well, just serious. That's gonna be a. I'm serious. Like you know, like I worry so much about like. I don't want to say kids. I worry so much about like where modern sexuality is headed. Uh-huh. And uh holy fuck, man, we're about to have a bunch of fucked up like bunch of, like I know a dude that's on fucking like 
Tinder and Reddit and all that shit, he works for me, man. He's like 32 years old, right? If I had to guess. Mm-hmm. He's like early 30s. I don't know exactly, right? But he's like a fucking slimeball, right? Um, fucks. This dude fucks, right? He's fuck cocks, but... Um, and he'll tell us, like, funny, like, messages and shit he gets. And he got one recently from this girl who is 19. Oh. Um, so, she, dude, this is wild. Let me hold on. Like, this is fucking nuts, man. And this is, like, why I worry, right? He was, like, showing us the messages. So, she lives in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Dallas. I can't remember, right? So she lives in one of these tech. No, where's Joel Austin live? Wherever Joel Austin lives, that's where she Fuck lives. Well, right? no. In a palace that we can't afford. Right? Okay. So this girl lives in the same fucking neighborhood as Joel Austin, right? And she has sent quite a bit of proof that her family is this rich, right? She's 19 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she doesn't leave her fucking house or her bedroom. She's like weird and anorexic and is like four foot nine and weighs like 90 pounds because she stopped growing in her teens from being anorexic and shit. And right. she like basically just quit going to school when she was like in her teens because her family's this rich. She just sits at home all day. And uh, again, this could all be a lie, but she sent some things that make it seem very fucking clear that this is her life, right? Um, so she essentially claims to be a virgin. Okay. But like the messages she sends to him when they're like talking and he's like real, like, I don't know. It's almost like he's. I was like, why are you talking to this bitch, man? He was like, because, like, she's so fucking weird. Like, I just got to make no more, right? She should say this, like, uh, weird shit that she, like, wants him to do to her and stuff. And he's like, you're not a virgin. And she's like, I, I am a virgin. I just also have been watching porn, and I'm all fucked up. And so basically had this conversation with her here. He was just like, so basically, like, porn has just fucked your sexuality so much that, like, as a virgin... You're just twisted. You like have never even had sex, but like you just have so fucked yourself because of years of porn. Right. That you're now like that this is just you. And she was like, Yeah, pretty much. And that fucking terrifies me for the future of this fucking yeah. life. Of just humanity. Yeah, because like that's fucking terrifying. I, 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 People I, I, that haven't even had sex can be so fucking jaded and shit. Like, are so fucking twisted and fucked up. Sexually. And they've never even had sex. I mean, I think I could probably speak for you that I didn't even, like, see, like, more than, like, like, I'll say out of the ordinary, or I'll even use the word, the term hardcore, until, like, I'm in my early 20s, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, no, man. The shit just wasn't as accessible. I mean, like, weird I had shit. Friends like, with, I had friends with older brothers, right? Okay, you mean outside yeah. of just normal, like, porn? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I, I don't even like mean like I mean things that would be considered taboo fetishes. Fetishes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I didn't yeah. see shit like that till I was like 20. I didn't in my early even, 20s, right? Even the like, even like I didn't, BDSM I didn't stuff. Even know what I was fucking into yet. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Like fucking young teenagers that be like, oh yeah, fucking Asian anal cream pie, gang bang bukkake. Uh. And it's like it's like wow, I didn't know even though, like that shit was like so foreign to me. Bukaki, I didn't even come into like my life till I was almost thirty. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like so. Yes, man, I'm with you on that. Like outside of just normal hardcore porn, just normal porn. No, man, like I didn't fucking see any of it. None of that shit. Like I didn't know what fucking BDSM. And fucking weird yeah. shit like that was, man. Yeah. I'm not even saying it's weird shit. It's shit that my wife and I engage in. It's not that weird. Um, uh, it can be. We don't. We're not weird with it. But like, it can be weird. I've got weird with it. Not with her. Uh, but like, you know, like, uh, like. So yeah, man. But yeah. Anyway, we got way off topic here. But yes, man. Great ending to the show. It felt like an old school episode of wrestling. And everybody, go search Silk Stockings. We'll watch it. You'll thank us later. And just you'll watch the like, opening. No wonder these two are so fucked it's up. Yeah, watch hilarious. everything. Shut it I'm off. I'm gonna look that. it up on YouTube later tonight and be like, I can't believe I jerked off to this. <laughs> Send it to me when you find it, Mike. I I, I literally have nothing else to say right now. I'm so. <laughs> is there anything else you want to touch on? I, I think the road to WrestleMania is great. I think. Uh it's going to be a good show. We're building up to it. We're going to continue to build up to it. Hey, I will say this. Did you see that Backlash is going to be in Puerto Rico? So we're doing more out-of-state PLEs for WWE? I did see that. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, look, PLEs are like... I like that they go other places so other people can get like a... Exactly. I was going to yeah. say the PLEs, like, unless it's a major win that you're going to travel for, like a WrestleMania, like you... You got a slim chance of it coming to your town anyway. So if we're gonna do something out of out of country and give some other people a chance to see a like a event bigger than a raw, I, hey, fuck yeah, man, do it. And do it's, it. it's good for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, man, anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Uh yeah, I do real fast wanna say something. Um this past week, uh my friend Matt passed away. Um not my friend Matt that I talk about on here a lot. It's a different friend Matt. But um, Matt was a great dude. Uh, Matt is easily one of the five most interesting people that I've known in my life. Matt had a political science degree. He spoke four languages. He lived in Europe and taught English for like eight years. He'd been to like four different continents. Um, but Matt also had problems. Matt liked to go fast and Matt liked things that made him go fast. Um, to his detriment, Matt's need for a good time and to go fast, um, it, it held him back and held him down to a great degree um 
he could have done anything. What he did was spend most of his time hanging out on the west side of Columbus, uh, playing soccer and basketball, and doing meth and coke. And Matt got some bad coke. I don't even call it bad coke. Matt got some coke that had fentanyl in it. Mm-hmm. And Matt died of a fentanyl overdose. Uh, what I want to say is that I feel an extreme amount of guilt over Matt's death. Because Matt, and he told me numerous times, respected me and thought highly of my thoughts and words. The last time I saw Matt was in September. And he came to hang out with me at my house for a little bit during the day. And he got here and he was so tweaked out on meth that after like 15 minutes, I was like, bro, you got to get the fuck out of here. I can't deal with this. Instead of sitting him down and being like, knowing that he listened to me, being like, hey, man, you've got to get your fucking shit together, right? So to anyone out there that may need to hear this, my man. You have got to get your fucking shit together. Okay? You have to. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I I don't know how to follow that up other than uh, we'll catch you next time. Love you guys. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time, bye.